Hello and welcome to the podcast edition of Scripps 5 Must Know Things from Sightline, this time for the Business Week ended 11th August 2023. This is Ian Haydock. In this episode, Bogovi's solid new trial results, Lily's sales swing back, nothing off the table for new buyer boss, new compliance crackdown in China, and McKinsey on the promise of generative AI. Two months ago, analysts regarded a 20% reduction in cardiovascular events among obesity patients as the best-case scenario for Nova Nordisk's Wagovi, and the vast select trial has now hit that bullseye, as investors anticipate wider reimbursement and a further leap in demand. Elizabeth Cairns writes that Select compared Novo's GLP-1 agonist with placebo as an adjunct to standard of care for prevention of major adverse cardiovascular events, or MACE, over five years. It recruited 17,604 adults aged 45 years or older who were overweight or obese with established cardiovascular disease with no prior history of diabetes. Novo only released the top-line data from Select, and crucial nuances that will alter the current view for better or worse are yet to come. But Wagovi's statistically significant and superior 20% cut in MACE over placebo is a slam dunk. Crucially, Novo said that all three components of the primary endpoint contributed to the superior MACE reduction. Semaglutide has already proven its worth in reducing cardiovascular events, but only among patients with diabetes. Ozempic, as the molecule is branded in diabetes at an injected dose of 1 mg, carries a cardioprotective claim on its label thanks to the SUSTAIN-6 trial. In that study, it reduced MACE by 26% over placebo. So Novo can now be reasonably confident of a world-first cardioprotective claim for an obesity drug too. The group plans to file for a label expansion for Wagovi in the US and the EU this year. If this transpires, it will put pressure on payers to improve reimbursement on both sides of the Atlantic. Currently, Medicare in the US is prohibited from covering obesity therapies, but with a cardiovascular risk reduction on the label, it could be argued that Wagovi is more than just an obesity drug. If Medicare coverage comes, US obesity sales could almost double. Medicare already covers Ozempic's obesity sales. Eli Lilly and company rocketed back to growth in the second quarter of 2023 after multiple quarters in which revenues declined, as the company's type 2 diabetes, oncology and immunology franchises carried sales back into the black and pressure from loss of exclusivity and COVID-19 lightened. Meanwhile, the US drug maker is gearing up for potential approvals and launches of drugs for Alzheimer's disease and obesity, while progressing on the launch of its BTK inhibitor in non-Hodgkin's lymphoma that won approval earlier this year. Alaric Diamond writes the Indianapolis-based firm reported revenues of $8.31 billion, up from $6.49 billion in the second quarter of 2022, when sales fell by 4%. The 28% sales growth also contrasts with the 11% sales decline that Lilly reported in the first quarter, and the 10% decline that it reported in the fourth quarter of 2022. In both quarters, drops in usage of the company's antibodies, as well as the JAK inhibitor Olumiant, 
for COVID-19 played a major role in the lower revenues, along with loss of exclusivity for the chemotherapy drug Olympta. The company credited a big portion of the Q2 growth to sales of breast cancer drug Vizenio, autoimmune disease drug Talts, and type 2 diabetes drugs Jardiance and Munjaro, the last of which saw sales go from a mere 16 million in the second quarter of 2022 to 979.7 million in the second quarter of 2023. Those figures more than offset a 5% decline in sales of the type 2 diabetes drug Trulicity and a 73% decrease in Olympta sales. Lilly also anticipates a US FDA ruling on Munjaro as a treatment for obesity by the end of the year. If that happens, its market position could get a potential boost from positive data from the Phase 3 Select Cardiovascular Outcomes trial of Nova Nordisk's Wagovi. CEO David Ricks told Lilly's 8th August call that as base period headwinds from COVID-19 antibody revenue and Olympta's loss of exclusivity recede, we do expect strong growth to continue in the quarters ahead. Much of the focus for Lilly's future growth was on Munjaro, especially its potential approval in obesity by the end of 2023 and read-through from Nova Nordisk's select trial. Anderson has given his first impressions of Bayer after taking over as CEO in June, saying that when it comes to strategy and potential structural changes, a perennial issue when discussing the German group, all options are being considered, Kevin Grogan writes. Simply, nothing is off the table, Anderson told analysts on Bayer's second quarter financial call, saying that having visited about 15 sites so far, and I've got a few more to go, I've asked difficult questions, and I've had a lot of difficult questions asked of me. Many of those questions centre around the benefits or otherwise of maintaining the group's three divisions, pharmaceuticals, consumer health and crop science, and we are going after the answers with rigour, objectivity and speed, Anderson added. He continued, we have an open mind and we're leaving no stone unturned, and that's the attitude we're taking to our strategy and our structure. Anderson added that he was working closely with Bayer's management team, supervisory board and employee representatives, and having spoken with shareholders, staff and customers, he said that people see the promise and the potential of Bayer. We have businesses in growth industries that matter to people and to the planet, and I'm convinced that we can unlock significantly better outcomes if we change the way we operate. Anderson said it's clear that we haven't realised our full potential. I've heard it from everyone I've spoken to and we have to act. He added that the litigation overhang plaguing Bayer in the US and the tens of thousands of lawsuits linking glyphosate-based products, including the controversial weed killer Roundup, to cancer, plus corporate bureaucracy and debt levels all weigh on our ability to focus on the mission. He stated, we need to be honest with ourselves. If you have those things distracting you, are we able to truly claim health for all, hunger for none, as our mission? Anderson would not be drawn on his preferred structure for Bayer, saying that the goal is to communicate detailed plans and financial targets in early 2024. As for the second quarter figures, the German firm posted farmer revenues of 4.56 billion euros, representing a 5.4% decline on the second quarter of last year. 
Sales of the blockbuster Factor 10A blood thinner Xarelto, still Bayer's biggest earner, fell to just over 1 billion euros, impacted by generics as well as lower prices, particularly in Asia-Pacific and Latin America. In China's latest crackdown on irregular practices in the pharma sector, not only company-organised meetings, but physicians' conferences run by professional medical associations are being cancelled one after the other. Amid a tough wave of official actions, the reactions from the pharma industry have been swift, Ryan Yang writes. Firstly, many domestic drug makers announced a halt to academic promotion meetings or scrapped plans for other get-togethers, while some multinationals are already reorganising their medical rep forces and commercial business units and scaling back sales rep visits to hospitals. Hospitals themselves are also not being spared, as more than 100 officials and Communist Party general secretaries have been placed under official investigation since July. On 28th July, a joint conference organised by the National Health Commission and nine other state agencies announced a one-year crackdown campaign on corruption in the pharma sector. On the same date, a committee under the Chinese Communist Party announced it would work to weed out the types of corruption seen as prevalent in the industry. Both those offering and receiving bribes would be subject to prosecution and punishment. The document about the crackdown was issued in May, but got little attention until the influential Central Disciplinary Committee wielded its power and joined the campaign. Under Chinese President Xi Jinping, the Chinese government has initiated rounds of clampdowns on tech giants and online tutor service providers, but so far the pharma sector has received little attention. The document issued in May gave an outline of the target areas for the crackdown within pharma, one being drug procurement processes. The emphasis is on cash for sales during drug sales, engaged in by drug manufacturers, sellers and medical representatives, it noted. China's volume-based procurement scheme is laden with irregularities, including that some hospitals refuse to follow through with bid-winning contracts and instead set up obstacles to deter the winning products from entering hospitals. Instead, some medical facilities are procuring other higher-priced drugs from selected companies due to the cash-for-sales kickback practices, which are now becoming the epicentre of the new crackdown. The latest clampdown also appears to be targeting physicians and medical associations, pointing to drug makers using academic activities, hosting or attending medical conferences as a pretext to accept donations. The moves are already affecting pharma share prices. At market open on 7th August, nearly all publicly traded pharma stocks on the Shanghai and Shenzhen markets were falling. Finally, McKinsey & Company's senior partner, Vikas Badoria, in the first instalment of a wide-ranging two-part interview with Andrew Gangerdi, outlines a number of use cases to define where pharma currently is and the potential value that can be unlocked as industry adopts new technologies such as generative AI, digital twins and the metaverse. McKinsey expects generative AI to have a significant impact on the pharmaceutical and medical product industries, from $60 billion to $110 billion annually, it said in a recent report. The huge potential reflects the resource-intensive process of discovering new drug compounds. 
Pharma companies typically plough in about 20% of revenues into R&D, with new drug development taking an average of 10 to 15 years. AI is expected to unlock significant value, improving both the speed and quality of drug discovery. Fedoria, though, underscored the need for more detailed quality checks on AI-assisted processes going forward. The executive, who leads the Global Management Consultancy's Life Sciences Practice for India and the Pharmaceutical and Medical Products Operations Practice in Asia, also touched upon the growing adoption of the digital twin technology across various functions in the pharma value chain, including the first examples in planning and scheduling. The models mimic all the constraints that exist, such as demand, lead times and equipment capacities, but also shelf life, different market authorizations, number of people on shift on a given day, and batch sizes, he explained. Touching on the use of AI and drug discovery, he said that the use of AI in this area can help accelerate discovery and design at unforeseen speed and also enable better customer engagement with use cases across the complete value chain. Bedoria said we've seen use cases for target identification and lead screening. We have helped a pharma client deploy the clinomics approach to establish a proof-of-concept genomics platform for a single therapeutic area in less than eight weeks and identify about 200 preliminary variants of interest in the pipeline. Similarly, deployment of AI-enabled deep learning models helps prioritise hit and lead screening libraries and automate analysis of millions of microscopy images from high-throughput screening assays. These models have significantly improved screening efficiency. Around 80% of hits identified by screening approximately 20-50% to of compounds based on virtual screening prioritisation, he noted. Check out the interview in full for much more on the hot topic of AI and its applications in the pharma sector. That's all for this week. Many thanks for listening. Links to these stories are provided in the link given in the podcast description. And log in to access all of our much more extensive global content or take a free trial to see what you're missing. Bye for now.